Fear is the original sin. Almost all of the evil in the world has its origin in the fact that someone is afraid of something. It is a cold, slimy serpent coiling about you. It is horrible to live with fear, and it is of all things degrading. Ellen Montgomery, The Blue Castle. And welcome to Beth's Bookcast, a podcast for book lovers and a place to share new books, enjoy old favorites, and think about the reading life. I'm Beth Jordahl, your host, a lifelong reader and believer in the power of story. Thank you for joining me today. Now pour yourself a cup of something delicious, settle down in your favorite comfy seat, and let's talk about books. The Blue Castle is a 1926 novel by Canadian author Lucy Maud Montgomery, who is best known for writing Anne of Green Gables and its following books, which was published originally in 1908. This story, The Blue Castle, is set during the 1920s in the fictional town of Deerwood, which is located in the Muskoka region of Ontario, Canada. Deerwood is based on Bala, Ontario, which Montgomery had visited in 1922. This novel is considered one of Ellen Montgomery's few adult works of fiction and is the only book she wrote that is entirely set outside of Prince Edward Island. So, what brought me to the Blue Castle? Originally, I read Anne of Green Gables when I was pretty young, and I so loved the story that I set out to read just about everything Ellen Montgomery had ever written. This included the Emily of New Moon series, which is also beloved, and then eventually it led me to the Blue Castle. When I read it first, I was too young to understand maybe the depth of the story, because it is definitely more adult in tone, adult in idea, not necessarily adult in content, because I did get a lot out of it. Um, It kind of became one of those books that I would think about every now and again and think about the characters within it and think about the opportunities that it presented for the main character. But here's the thing. I hadn't thought about this book in a long time until I decided to purchase it again because I couldn't find it. I looked through my bookshelves and I couldn't find it. So I went ahead and I ordered it. And when it got to my house and I read it again, I realized like the beauty and the wonder of this story. So since it is such an old novel, this is your spoiler warning. So if you want to go read the book before you listen to me talk about it, go do that now and then come back. I'll wait. All right, now that you've done that, let's get into this story. So like I said, The Blue Castle by Ellen Montgomery is different than many of her other books. This book presents some stories and some ideas that are almost as if Anne herself had written it, at least in my mind. So the main character, Valancy Sterling, uh, starts out the book with her family where she is overlooked, not thought very well of, and essentially is kind of the most depressing (laughs) opening character ever. It's hard to get into the beginning of the book because you just don't like her family. You don't like the way she's treated. And you think this girl has no gumption. The whole story itself seems a bit implausible. And so you do have to take a bit of a step. So one day, Valancy kind of feels like she might be having some heart problems, but she doesn't want to go to her family doctor because she knows if she goes to the family doctor, her entire family will know that she has been to the doctor 
and that there is something happening with her. And so to avoid that problem, because she lives with her mother and her very nosy aunt, and she is surrounded by family that is like overshadowing, overpowering her. So to avoid them being involved in her story, she decides to go to a different doctor and talk about her heart problems. Well, while there, he gets a very upsetting phone call and leaves immediately, not telling Valency what's wrong with her at all. He runs off in a huge rush. So since he ran off so quickly and he didn't tell her what was wrong, she leaves the doctor's office not knowing what has happened. And so Valency has also been reading these books that inspire her and talk about how, like, fear is the one thing that holds us back and talk about the beauty of the world and things you should see and Valency wishes that she could do something like that but in her mind she's not beautiful um she's not beautiful like her cousin she's not smart she's not married she's too old uh to really get married and all of these things are kind of weighing against her her home feels like a prison Uh, It's not beautiful. There's nothing around her that she loves. And she says, on top of all of that, now I am approaching this disease. What What if I'm diseased and ill? And so then she gets a letter from the doctor a little bit later. And the letter says, I'm so sorry, but this is it. You're, you're dying. You're approaching death. There's nothing that we can do. Your heart problem is much too great. And this is the moment where everything changes for Valency. This is where it all changes because she's approaching death and she doesn't know when it's going to strike and she has this problem and she doesn't know what's going to happen. Well, um, this is what the book says. It says, Rebellion flamed up in her soul as the dark hours passed by, not because she had no future, but because she had no past. All of a sudden, she is confronted with the fact that her life is going to end And she has nothing to show for it. She doesn't have the things that she would want out of her life. And I think we can all agree with that idea. Like that that would be terrifying. If we were approaching the end of our lives, we would be heartbroken if we looked back and we didn't like what we saw. And so there is this man in town who um, is, <laughs> is quite seen as, you know, the town drunk, the town ne'er-do-well, but he is the handyman. And so Valency starts talking with this man. His name is Roaring Abel. And he, a- Abel has this daughter who is quite sick and needs help. So Valency says, well, with what is left of my life, I am going to go help Sissy. And so she tells her family and she takes off and they all think she has lost her mind. She is buying nice clothes. She is talking back to her mother. And now a horrible thought above all horrible thoughts. She is going with Roaring Abel, quite possibly the worst man she could go with just to take care of his daughter who is not well and who is looked down upon by everyone in town, Sissy Gay. So she spends this time with Sissy, and while there, she loves on Sissy. She builds a garden. She talks to Roaring Abel, and she starts to build this beautiful life, and she thinks to herself, there is more for me out there. 
one of the many characters who visits her while she is there is Barney Snaith, who is not the town ne'er-do-well, but he is the town, like, mystery. No one knows much about him. He lives very far outside of town. But he becomes a part of Valancy's life. And slowly, she kind of starts to fall in love with him. And she knows that she doesn't have long. Um, but she's caring for Sissy and she's building these beautiful memories. And then Sissy dies because she she was quite sick. And this is heartbreaking for Valancy. But now she doesn't know what else to do. She doesn't want to stay with um, Roaring Abel. She doesn't want to stay in that home so she presents something to Barney Snaith. She says, you know, will you marry me? This is not a marriage of romance. This is a marriage of convenience. I need, I need a place to live. I need this life. And so she starts to stand up for what she wants. And she starts to build something more beautiful. She says, she had always envied the wind, so free, blowing where it listed, through the hills, over the lakes. What a tang, what a zip it had, what a magic of adventure. And she thinks that with Barney, she can create this adventure life. And this is one of those things that stuck with me from when I read the book as a kid, was this idea of seeing the magic in the world, seeing the beauty in the world, and wanting to chase it, and wanting to build something that was beautiful and magical. Well, Barney has this beautiful house on the lake. She falls in love with the house. Slowly, she falls more in love with him. And they live such a simple life. Barney has a um, a shed where he works. She doesn't know what is in the shed. She's not allowed to see the shed. And, but she doesn't seem to care. She says, I don't know how long I have. I don't know how long I'm going to be here. But I'm going to make the most of my life. So she loves on their cats. She loves the water. She loves going to the movies with him. She loves shocking her family by riding into town with him, wearing what they would consider scandalous clothing and all of this. And life just kind of becomes beautiful in a way, in a way that she never expected. Her adventures are small and simple, and yet there is so much joy to be had in her life. And she just loves this because she can look back now and say, I did something with my life. I showed up in a different way. I served people. I helped people. And now I'm building this beautiful life with Barney where we just enjoy life as it is. And that is not something she saw reflected in her family or the people around her previously. They were all unhappy. They were all bitter. No one liked their life. Well, here is where the whole story circles back around. Valency gets a letter from the doctor and it says, oh no, wait, she doesn't get a letter from the doctor. All right, edit that out. Valency um, goes back to the doctor. No, wait, I don't remember what happens. All right, that's all right. Valency then finds out that she was not going to die at all. She got the wrong letter. The doctor messed up because he was so heartbroken over what had happened to his son. His son is okay, but the mistake had been made. And now Valency looks at her life with Barney, and it feels like a lie. She feels like she lied to him, so she runs away and she leaves him. She writes him a letter explaining things and leaves. 
when she, the only option she has at that point is to go back home, to go back to where she was miserable, but she does. And she walks in and she tells her mother and her aunt, listen, I am back. There is nothing I can do about that. Um, there is nothing I can say about that, but I am back and I'm going to do the best I can, but I am not going to do everything you tell me to do. And I am not going to return to that bitter mindset. Well, (laughs) we find out that Barney not only is the author of her favorite books, but he is also incredibly wealthy. And she thinks, well, he is free now. He is free to live his life. He is free to find someone beautiful to marry. And he comes to her and he follows her and says, I love you. I love the life we have. I might not have loved you at the beginning, but the love built. He says, you forget moonlight that there are different kinds of beauty. Moonlight is what he calls her. Your imagination is obsessed by the very obvious type of your cousin, Olive, the one um, that she thought was more beautiful than her. Oh, I've seen her. She's a stunner, but you'd never catch Alan Tierney wanting to paint her. In the horrible but expressive slang phrase, she keeps all her goods in the shop window, but in your subconscious mind, you have a conviction that nobody can be beautiful who doesn't look like Olive. Also, you remember your face as it was in the days when your soul was not allowed to shine through it. Through Barney's words and through his love, Valency discovers that she did not have to continue to live small. She did not have to settle for things that did not make her happy. And she is beautiful in her own way. And she is smart and she can thrive in her own way. And it is not like her cousin Olive and it is not like her family would have wanted her to. But she is able to walk away from her family. She is able to walk away from the things that they had said about her. And she is able to build something new. And so, yes, Barney and Valency do live happily ever after. They drive off in his car to live many adventures, to reconnect with his father, and to explore the world. But in all of that, we can find several things. One, Valency Sterling started off in a position many of us find ourselves in. We find ourselves exhausted. We find ourselves not knowing what brings us joy, not knowing how to live a good life because we're listening to too many of the voices around us that are bitter or angry. Two, you are allowed to stand up for what you want. As a matter of fact, you should stand up for what you want. I think so many of us have grown up with these voices in our head saying, oh, you can't have everything you want. Oh, you should just be grateful. Um, You get what you get and you don't throw a fit. But the truth is, if you just settle, how are you supposed to find joy in your life? If you just settle for the things that they tell you you should want. I think that Valency shows that there are so many different ways to go about loving your life and finding joy and beauty in your life. And often it isn't even that much. It can just be a change of scenery or finding the right people to surround yourself with. It can be finding joy in nature and going on hikes. It can be in cooking good food or sitting curled up in a chair with a good book. The truth is that point three for me is there is a simplicity of life and a simplicity of beauty that Valency Sterling has found. And if all of us could grab hold of that, I think we would all be much more at peace with our life 
at the end of our lives, whether it comes sooner um, in the way of her feeling like this is it, that her heart problems have brought her to an end, or if that was just the wake-up call that she needed to find the life that would bring her joy. No one can tell you what it is you want out of life. Just like Valency's family could not tell her what she wanted out of life, could not show her their lifestyle that was bitter and angry and sad and claim that that's all that life was. No one should stop you from pursuing the life that you want, from pursuing the beauty and the joy that you want in your life. So don't wait until you are facing the end of your life or until you think it is the end of your life to chase what matters most to you. This is the quote that sticks with me. She brushed the old years and habits and inhibitions away from her like dead leaves. She would not be littered with them. And so I think in this idea of valency that Lucy Maud Montgomery shared with us, we find the idea of letting go of the things that no longer serve us and picking up the things that will bring us joy. Find small ways to bring luxury and joy and beauty into your life. It can be as simple as candles or flowers, as peaceful as maybe a few nights in with just your family loving life. It could be in waking up late at night to stare at the moon and the stars. There are so many different ways to find beauty and joy, and I think that's what we have to build more of in our life. We get so caught up with the screens and the social media and the busyness and the bills and all of this that we forget to look for and find the simple beauties, the simple joys in our lives. And I think this is why I return to this book so often in my thoughts from when I was a little kid until now, thinking, well, Valency fought to find her dream life. Why can't I? Who am I not to fight for my life? If Valency Sterling fought to find her dream life, who am I not to do that? So I think this is a book that you can return to again and again and get something different out of it. Because like I said, I first read it when I was a little kid. I did not know what I was getting out of this story. But now I can look back and see the many lessons and the many good things within its pages. So I can return again and again to the story. So if you haven't read The Blue Castle, I highly encourage you to read it. It's not very long. It's quite a short book, but it has so much power in it. And I really do think that maybe in this book, Lucy Maud Montgomery wrote out what she had hoped for for her life. She did not have an easy life. And so I think in Valency, she was writing out maybe a dream that she had that she never got to live out. And so it's a beautiful and yet a little bit haunting. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for listening to Beth's Bookcast today. I've so enjoyed chatting about books with you. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure that you subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen so that we can find more readers to enjoy these books with us. Have a wonderful day and happy reading.